Hello and welcome to the next episode of ADHD Mums. I have a cracker episode here. I have Amanda and Sarah. We have one ADHD mum and we have her neurotypical friend who will accept being on this podcast even though she's neurotypical. That's not cool. But we will accept having Sarah on. We are very excited to have her. She's the only one who took the bait to come and talk about her life versus her friend Amanda's and what the differences are and what the similarities are. To answer the big question on is this ADHD or is this just mum life? Because I tell you, that is the hot topic that comes into my inbox. I've been after two friends or two people to do this topic with me for about two months. And so I'm really grateful that Amanda wrote her friend Sarah in to come and have a chat. A little bit of an overview on Amanda and Sarah. They are both 38-year-old women. They have been friends since grade nine. That's 24 years ago. And they have been a part of a solid group of friends since then. They grew up in Western Sydney and now Amanda has two kids, a five-year-old son diagnosed autistic and a severe receptive and expressive language delay. She has a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter living in a small rural village near Penrith in New South Wales. While Sarah, also married with two kids, is living in the beautiful seaside town of Casarina in northern New South Wales, she has a daughter who is seven and a son who is five. Amanda is currently in the process of seeking an ADHD diagnosis, although she has known for some time that that is what she has. And, you know, when you know, you know, but she's currently seeking a diagnosis. Amanda worked as a real estate agent prior to having kids and now owns a plumbing business with her husband and works from home managing kids, paperwork and neurodivergent life. My shout out is to speak to a neurotypical mum and to compare lives with an ADHD mum. Sarah owns her own home organizational businesses, business called Zen Spaces by Sarah. I'm going to put that link into the podcast notes. Sarah's business helps families declutter and create organized and functional, beautiful spaces. So welcome to Amanda and Sarah. Hi. Hello. So to recap, I have not had a neurotypical person on this podcast before, and Sarah has repeatedly asked me for the link to Riverside which I usually send 10, five minutes before. If I do send it in advance, I find that people can't find it and they ask for it anyway. So me being me, delayed, forgot, thought about it. And Sarah's followed me up at least twice, which I thought was hilarious because Amanda's entrance has been completely different to Sarah's. So I thought there was a good difference here. And I also asked you ladies to plan the podcast a little bit as well. So this went really well. And you said that that was a bit of a baptism of fire as well, just in the planning process with the two of you being different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Amanda and I spoke to each other on Sunday and just to compare our lives and we were on the phone for quite a while because obviously we're good friends so we can have a good chat. But we did stay focused on on what we were supposed to talk about. But um, I was in my daughter's room focus, had nothing else going on. I was very, very lucky that my husband could take my kids out. So there was no distractions there. And I could, I was just sitting on the bed, happy to chill and have a chat. But Amanda was doing a hundred other things, running around, running errands, going shopping, getting food for the family. <laughs> just, yeah, just doing a lot of things while having a chat about how our lives are different. Oh, absolutely. You know, I cannot, if I have a phone appointment, especially with like someone like, let's say a kid's therapist or like, you know, the ATO or like some government thing like Centrelink, I literally, if I can't find my AirPods, I can't do it. 
I cannot sit and just talk to somebody about the one subject for a period of time. So I totally, totally get that. You kind of got to be doing something else. (laughs) So where do you think, like in your friendship, I was talking to Amanda earlier, actually, Sarah, because you're neurotypical and in your friendship group, there's two kind of neurodiverse friends in that group and you're the only neurotypical. What do you think, like what attracts you to the friendship? Oh, that's a good question because now I'm going back to my teenage years and we became friends and we were like 14. I love that we can always laugh. I love that my friends seem to have this energy that sometimes I lack. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I want to sit here and chill. And they're like, hey, let's go do this and let's go do that and rah, rah, rah. And they get things done. Whereas I would just sit back and be like, oh, whatever. I'll, you know, I just won't, I don't know. <laughs> I would just sort of sit back and chill. But they they get things done and they yes. have that energy. I love that energy. I love the fun that we have. But it also comes down to we're really able to support each other through everything. So we have that real balance of fun and we can get down and dirty with like shit that's going on in our lives and just really support each other through that. Yeah, beautiful. What about you, Amanda? That is exactly what it's like with Sarah. We'd always go out and I was just joking before about how you would always be like, oh, let's just sit down. And I'm like, sit down? what? I don't sit down. <laughs> and I was like, I just, yeah, exactly that. I need to sit down. Let's just sit down and chat. And you're like, no, no, I don't sit. And I'm like, but I want to sit. <laughs> like, we're not sitting. We're going to walk around and see what's out there. So yeah, that was definitely, and you were always very measured. Like, you know, you'd be like, oh, I've had two drinks. I think I'll stop now. And we're all like, well, you know, like going bananas. It was a very, very different vibe. But like you said, we always brought it back to supporting each other. And that's, we've all stuck together we have a pretty large group but I was saying at school it was you me and Courtney for like the first part of it and then you know we've got this extended group of friends that we're still friends with now and there's definitely some neurodivergence in there but then there's some neurotypicals in there too and yeah we we always go out and have a good time I don't know Uh, it is interesting to hear why you love being friends with us because now that we know it's like well yeah like I don't know. Are we too crazy for you? <laughs> I don't know. No, no. I love it. Amanda, do you feel like Sarah gives you a sense of grounding or like, you know, do you run things by her because you think she's quite measured? Do you, is that a benefit, do you think? Definitely. Like, you know, she's – I love people. Like I really love getting to know lots of different people. And so, you know, Sarah is like a rock. Like she really is. She's solid and she's calm and you know what you get from Sarah like each time you see her there's no different Sarah or there's no yeah she's just a very level-headed solid friend and she's definitely and I mean it's so funny that she started a home organization business because that's that's what she does like she's organized she's always got her ducks in a row and like it's just a good friendship to have when your life is chaos (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's good to have the, I suppose, yeah, to have different people, you know, is is beautiful. Let's kick this off straight into mum life, okay? Because one of my, it it is a bit of a pet hate of mine, if I'm honest, is that, well, actually, I've got, I've got a couple of pet hates. I'm going to try not to get on a rant, but I have, I have two pet hates. First one is when neurotypical people with neurotypical children 
try and make a comparison between me and them and their kids. Like it's probably just not a good thing to start. You don't want to start going on whose life is harder, victim. Like that's not what it's about. And I get that they're trying to have some you know, solidarity with the sisterhood and they're trying to connect with you. But I'm also like, yeah, mate, you just don't fucking get it. So that that is a pet hate for me because I don't think it's the same. The second pet hate is when ADHD women try and reduce the impact or downplay what's happening for them. I think that's sad. So for example, they will go, okay, well, there's other people that are worse off than me. I forget stuff, but other people do too. If I just tried harder, you know, I'd get it. I'm just hopeless. You know, I just need to be better. It's almost like repeating what you hear at school. Try harder. You're not meeting your potential. It's your fault. Whereas I look at it like, well, you've actually got a neurological condition that is actually making things a little bit harder. So just give yourself a little bit of a break. So for me, it's been a real pet hate with a lot of women messaging me going, I think I have this, but I'm too scared to tell anyone because I don't want to take what's not mine. Like I don't want to say I have ADHD as an excuse, let's say, where I actually just need to try harder. And I'm looking at some of their symptoms that they're sending me thinking that actually seems pretty difficult. You know, you've locked yourself out of your house three times this week. That doesn't seem like something a neurotypical person would do usually. So they're kind of listing all these symptoms, but then saying, oh no, other people's lives are harder than mine. I could possibly, and I'm also thinking, well, why are you on the ADHD Instagram page? You know, there's just so many things there. So I suppose I wanted to go through a couple of examples with both of you to show what it is. And what we're focusing on with this podcast is always relatability. So we're trying to look at things that most mums experience and trying to get a place of reference for some people that are listening. And they might go, mm, I'm really resonating with Sarah. Actually, that level of stress is, and I don't use the word normal, but it is normal, you know, like that is neurotypical mum life versus another, you know, Amanda's experience. So that's kind of the pre-frame of to what we're, what we're kind of having a chat about. If we go off to the first example we are going to go straight to morning routine. So let's say both of you have got two kids, so it should be similar, and you're both trying to get out of the house. Who would like to go first on what that kind of looks for you? So this is the hardest part of my day. Like it's just, it's when I'm, to be honest, at my lowest as well in terms of my, you know, how I feel. It's when I have to use all of my executive functioning skills and I just don't, I'm just not very good with it. I'm just not. And I've realized I'm not good. Whereas, you know, two years ago, I would have said, I'm great at this because I try so hard at it. And I've just come to realize like I'm just struggling and it's not fun. So a typical morning for me would be, you know, wake up, get dressed, uh, have a shower and get dressed. That takes a variable amount of time because I get so distracted with many, many, many things. And what time are you getting up? Usually between five and six, I'm getting up have a shower in an ideal world I'm waking up to beat the kids because otherwise it's just yeah a nightmare but a lot of the time my husband can yeah a lot of the time my husband can get up and he will actually start their breakfast and things while I'm having a shower so yeah see even this like I'm like I don't know sometime between five and six (laughs) so when I come out of the shower and I'm got the kids I've got to start packing their bags I've got to pack their lunches I'm you know, getting them dressed. Like Spencer's quite high needs, so he doesn't have any autonomy yet. So I need him, I need to dress him. I need to feed him. I need to do everything for him still. And yeah, I just lose track of time very easily. So I 
feel like I'm looking at my phone and at the at the um, time all the time, but I just can't seem to pin it down and be like, oh, great, it's almost eight. I should have this done by now. Like I just lose it and I'm like, oh, my God, it's quarter past eight. Like every single day, it's just time blindness. And is your husband neurodiverse or where is he? Is he keeping you to time or is he just off with the wind as well? He's gone to work. Like he's very rarely there at this point in time. It's all on me most of the mornings and sometimes he can help out. And he's got a huge time blindness. Like we're just terrible together. We're late to everything you can imagine. So I'm trying to get the kids out the door and then, you know, it's in, it's funny because, because Spencer has his own, you know, his autistic traits, like it adds another layer of lateness too, because he nothing goes to plan. You know, he's doing his own thing. He's doing it in his time. I've got to count him down out of every transition. That takes time. And if I miss the cue for that, I've got to start at the, you know, give him that 10 minutes, regardless of if I'm meant to be out the door, you know, otherwise it's a meltdown. So as well as me not being fantastic, then there's that added layer of yeah complexity in our morning. And I will get out of the door at all different times. I'll be in the car. Some days I jump in the car. I'm still full of anxiety because I'm like, I've got to do all this stuff and get out of the door. And I sit in the car and I'm like, oh, wow, it's like quarter to nine. It's so good. <laughs> Can I tell you why that is? No, I have no clue how I got in the car at the right time that day. But, yeah, that's it, it's just a nightmare. And most mornings I sit in the car and my daughter wants to hear Baby Shark again every morning. And I put it on and I'm at my highest level of anxiety. I'm just absolutely a mess. And I'm like so highly strung and it's a horrible feeling every morning. And it's just feels like it's every day. That's my mornings. How do you feel when you wake up and you open your eyes? Do you feel like, oh, I'm energized. I can take on the day or like, holy shit, this is going to go bad. Like what's your mood like? Actually, you know what? I wake up sick. every morning so I unless I'm super late or something but usually I wake up and I'm like I'm not a morning person at all but usually I get in the shower and I'm feeling quite calm like I'm like yeah you know it's all good I've got heaps of time because usually I'm in the shower at a reasonable time it's everything that ensues after that that just increases that anxiety and yeah okay what about if you've got something you've got to take to school? Let's say it's green day. It's, oh, I hate those days. Let's say it's brown day, whatever the days are. I'm so sick of the days. My pet hate is those days you've got to take shit to school. Like it doesn't even make any sense a lot of the time. Oh, wow, it's mm. right to school day. You've got to have funny socks on. That's just a waste yeah. of money. Oh. Anyway, it's like I don't understand. They, they teach you about recycling, right, and then you've got to yeah. buy all this shit from the $2 shop for them to wear that you then throw out. Like, I'm like, can we all just save the time and money and donate that $20 to charity? Jeez, oh. I'm in a mood today, aren't I? Sorry I about that. I absolutely agree. Dumb. Anyway, I completely so, agree. Yeah. So <laughs> let's just say it's one of those days that you've got to take something to school. When do you figure that out? Like, if you got that on a calendar, do you, does someone text you? Do you just, do you forget? Do you remember? Like, how does that look? Because when you add in an extra thing that's not regular. Yeah. So I, I use my calendar quite well, but I never, like, I, I just, sometimes I remember and sometimes I don't. Like, one time I rocked up at school, um, preschool with my little daughter, and, and I was like, I, I'm getting this vibe that something's going on. (laughs) This is not a normal day. And then I'm noticing like everyone's wearing purple and I'm like, crap, you know, like, I'm like, okay, this is, I've missed it. Like, I don't know. 
I've got to keep up with the notifications on the app and sometimes I just I don't know I look at the first two and I get distracted and it's very common for me just to forget or not fill in the form I meant to or you know I have to I end up coming in later that afternoon to give the donation or what you know it's okay and so let's just do some approximates how much would you be like what time have you got to get there 8 30 is it quarter to nine or something oh look ideal world 8 30 drop off for Florence and it's about 10 to 9 by by the time I get to um Spencer's preschool okay what's your like what is your percentage of getting there on time versus late like when would you generally get there oh one percent I'm not even joking one percent like that is the ideal scenario and it just yeah it would it pretty much would never happen unless I have some really important one-off meeting that just happens to be right after I usually can use all of my energy and all of my anxiety to make make it happen but to me the cost of that energy is not worth it I couldn't sustain that every day I couldn't put an appointment right after dropping off the kids at 9 30 or something every day because I think I would literally have a mental breakdown it takes all of my like thoughts energy anxiety everything has to come together perfectly and I feel exhausted after like I remember one time I got to an early appointment once and afterwards I was just like I have to go lay down like that was just the most hectic morning of my life which is sad and see imagine if you um psychologist that didn't know that you had ADHD and they were like just book a nine o'clock appointment and then you'll make (laughs) yourself get there you imagine actually trying to do that to yourself and that's why I think people get depressed and they're like, I'm just going to, yeah, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess yeah. to do that to somebody. And then you have an expectation, why can I not do this? Anyway, we will move on. That was a beautiful insight. And let's walk you, I'm sure you'll probably do it a bit more um, succinctly than Amanda did from the beginning to the end. So let's do the same with you, like wake up time, mood, step by step, how often you get there on time with you, Sarah. Yeah, sure. And I do want to sort of start this by acknowledging that my kids are a little bit older than Amanda's. And when they were younger, it was a lot harder than what it is now. And I think that came down to my own triggers and me being frustrated with things rather than not being able to handle things time-wise, if that makes sense. So it's taken a lot for me to get where I am now. So Sarah's kids are seven and five, just a reminder, and Amanda's kids are five yes. with autism and then a two-and-a-half-year-old. So, yeah, I, I actually think that's really important to acknowledge. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. And, I look, my, my daughter is definitely neurotypical. She is your perfect child. She is just amazing at everything she does and she's easy. She's really easy. My son is not so easy. I do question whether he has ADHD. And after Amanda and I were talking to each other, I was like, okay, yeah, there's some things here that she's saying that I'm like, yeah, my son could definitely relate to these traits. But anyway, my mornings, I don't know what time I wake up, but I know it's the same time every day because I am in a bit of a privileged space at the moment where my bedroom window overlooks the horizon so the sun comes up so I wake up whenever the sun rises beautiful oh it's so good (laughs) I love it I've never had this in my life and you've got to come everyone (laughs) so 
So I know that I wake up at about the same time every day and I know that I'm running late because I open my blinds and I go, oh, the sun's a bit higher than what it should be. Crap, let's get up. But generally I wake up calm <laughs> and, and it's around sunrise. Then I'll have a shower, I'll get ready. And I would say it's about the same amount of time each day. I don't have my phone upstairs with me, so I'm not getting distracted by that. My son generally wakes up and our mornings are then determined by his mood. If he's in a good mood, the morning goes fairly smoothly. But if he's like, I'm hungry, I want your phone, I want TV, then I know it's not going to be a fun morning. And I would say that's maybe 50-50. But generally, yes, I would wake up, get my things done and my son will either wait in the bed with me or if my husband's home, then he might go downstairs with my husband. I'll start making them breakfast, get the lunches packed and then we go back upstairs to get the kids ready for the day. My daughter, I can say, go and get ready for the day and she'll get undressed, get a uniform, get everything done, no issues. My son needs constant reminders. We need to count down from 10 to get every item of clothing off and every item of clothing back on. (laughs) And the smoothness of that is often determined by my mood, which I think probably has to do with my cycle. And yeah, so we get the kids ready get them fed and we're generally out the door by the bus comes it's literally across the road from me so the bus comes at about quarter past eight so about 10 past eight we're ready to go out the door and it has been running fairly smoothly lately hasn't been too many crazy mornings and I think that comes down to us having a routine systems in place to make it happen smoothly so Sarah, with your mood after you've said goodbye, how are you how are you feeling? Like when do you start work? What do you do after that? Like how's your mood at this point? Most of the time, recently my mood's been pretty good because our mornings have run fairly smoothly. Sometimes I'm like, oh man, I've just yelled at my kids. Generally it's my son. Oh man, I've just yelled at him and been like, why can't you do this? Put your shoes on, put your shoes on, put your shoes on, you know? But we are getting better at that. So lately, my mood's been pretty good. To be fair, though, when my son was in preschool, so this was maybe a year or two ago, I would have mornings similar to what Amanda's describing, not because of being late. Very rarely are we late. It's more me. I think I've had this expectation of my kids, like my expectation's pretty high. And they have, when they haven't met it, I lose my shit. <laughs> and there definitely has been hard mornings, mm. more so when my kids were younger. Yeah, I was saying to Sarah that I, one of the questions I asked her was, how often do you have those mornings, like where it is like you're just, you know, upset and a disaster and you're like hardly ever. Like it happens sometimes and it's rare, but it does happen. And it was more often when your son was younger, but. It was rare, wasn't it? It's not an often occurrence. To be fair, it was any time he had, well, not any time, most of the time that he had preschool, which was three days a week. So maybe twice a week, maybe I would feel like that. But it has become less and less as they've gotten older. I think the other thing that we can ever possibly get to on this podcast would be the level of chaos 
because I think that would be different too. The level of chaos would be different. And so when we talk in chaos, it's difficult because we don't know what that means for that person. So I have I have two best friends, one's neurotypical, one has ADHD. When one says they have a chaotic morning, I know it's completely different for both of them. So that's something that we can never really get to on this podcast because it's relative to their life when we talk about that as well. Mm. The other thing I wanted to ask you, Sarah, was let's say you've got your orange day, your brown day, you know, let's all put in a protest that that all stops. But, you know, when you do have that day, when do you anticipate that day? What system do you have? How does that work for you? Yeah, so I get the message on Seesaw or the, the newsletter or whatever it is and I put that down in my Google Calendar and also on the hard copy calendar that I have hanging in my pantry. So that way it's visual for me when I'm booking in clients and it's also I can see it when I'm going to get a snack out of the pantry or when I'm making breakfast that morning. I can It's right in front of me. I can see it. Um, and... Those days do generally run pretty smoothly because I've got that visual reminder and if I didn't have it, I would probably forget to be honest because our mental load as mums is huge. So let's say, got that reminder, it's up on the calendar and it says blue t-shirt for child, right? How do you then, let's say you don't have the blue t-shirt in your house, doesn't ha- it's not there, you don't have one, they've grown out of it, it's lost probably doesn't happen for you. Let's just, okay. Let's just pretend it has. When would you remember, like, how do you then, do you go to the shops? How do you remember then to get the t-shirt? When does that, how does that happen in your brain? I feel like it stays in my brain every day, multiple times every day until I've done it. Okay. And it depends on my week. Sometimes I can go a week before. Sometimes I can go a couple of days before. Sometimes it is the day before. And I'm like, oh, I've got to get that. Let's go now. But it is, I would say, 99% of the time ready to go the morning of. Okay. Let's then switch to Amanda. And I'm just going to ask some hard questions because you guys are friends and you know this is not in any, like this is literally in let's just spread the message about how this works. And Amanda, I have ADHD too. Like I know you're not diagnosed but like, I, I'm not asking this in a judgy way. I hate asking these questions. I just want to highlight. Sarah's made a really good point with Seesaw, right? You get the message, you open the message, you write it in your GCAL, you write it in your calendar and visually. Then she looks at it and then she completes the task. Do you ever think that you would do that process? Is What is the barriers to you doing that? Or do you just never even bother even attempting? Like where's that for you? I do attempt because... I feel so much chaos as it is, but like there's so many steps. It sounds so simple when Sarah says it. It just sounds so calm and clear. And But for me, it's like I've got to actually look at the app. I've got to then put it into the calendar. I've then got to look at the calendar again to remember it. And then I've got to book in a time to go to the shop to get the T-shirt. Then I've got to get to the shop and remember to get the T-shirt. Then I've got to get the T-shirt home and remember to like pre-wash it or whatever other steps you've got. And then, you know, the day of, I'm not like, oh my God, where's that T-shirt? Like, is it still in the bag? What did I buy with it? Which bag is it in? Like, it's just, there's so many steps that I can forget very easily any of those steps. And that's why, you know, it's it's iffy if he's ever going to be wearing the blue T-shirt. So I just want to contrast something else 
if I may, because I think this is really interesting. We've got Sarah Neurotypical. We've got Amanda, who I think we're pretty confident you have ADHD. I'd like to say you've got ADHD, not diagnosed, but I, I think we're pretty confident, right? Then we have me with ADHD diagnosed and medicated. Very confident, right? yeah. So before I was medicated, I am 100% with you, Amanda. There is no way I would have had a visual calendar. I would have had GCAL organized. I would have known the login to the seesaw. There is way too many steps. And I would probably just find some old T-shirt of my husband's and then like tie it in a knot and put it on one of my kids and be like, there you go. And that was my, that was my, <laughs> you know, where I'm at. I have also arrived to prep with my daughter, which was a breakdown year, and saw that everybody, because we were so late, saw that everybody was wearing like some kind of princess outfit, assumed it was princess outfit day, freaked out, put her back in the car because I'm so used to forgetting things, gone and bought a princess outfit, taken her back in princess outfit to find that they were just doing a dress up for 10 minutes and actually there was nothing to do with princess. Now my child's in a princess outfit all day. And then I was like, how has this become 10 o'clock? So, but now medicated Jane, right, after a long road of trying to find the right one, I really encourage people to be persistent. I know it's expensive and time consuming. Don't give up. Find the right medication if that's what you feel you should do. Now I am that person that can look at Seesaw or I at least remember to check it at the start of the week. I might not do it every time exactly. I do have the visual calendar set up. I do have it on my GCAL and I have a fairly good idea what's going to be happening. That's medicated, Jane. So I think there are some layers there too because when I hear you talk, Amanda, I'm like, that was yeah before medication for Jane and that was not a good space where you're just chasing your tail and you can't even begin to even work out the steps to what Sarah just listed because she said it so beautifully. I was like, that sounds so easy. Why doesn't everybody do that? Because it's it's actually really overwhelming. <laughs> so that is a great morning routine reflection. Does anyone have anything else to add before we go to completing like meal plans, cooking, anything else? I wanted to talk about going on holidays too. It was just a very short, quick thing because me and Sarah were talking about how our group of friends will go on a holiday and we're just, you know, let's say we're all meeting at the airport this just clearly shows the mixed bag and how it can present differently in ADHD also. One of my other friends, undiagnosed, but, you know, ADHD also, and she, you know, we were talking about arriving at the airport. I would be 100% late every single time to the airport. My other friend who's got ADHD would be so full of anxiety that she's there early to everything, but not in a very easy way. She's there in an anxiety-filled stressed you know way she will arrive to the airport early she's there her face is red like she's literally stressed to the eyeballs and then Sarah wanders in so is she the one that sits at the board gate like at the gate and then she sits there for two hours because she has to see the gate she's that person yes 100% that person but still ADHD but just so different you know she doesn't have the time blindness or maybe she does and she's just so full of anxiety that it just fuels her to be there early and then Sarah will just wander in exactly on time, everything packed in a bag neatly, and she just rolls on in and is like, hi, guys, and she's calm and collected, and I'm just like, I want to scream. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, though, Amanda, to play to what to your strengths, you are the one who has organised the holiday and come up with the itinerary and given us an amazing 
an amazing time. <laughs> but obviously that's because that's what you love doing. You've got that hyper-focus to be able to do that. And that is something that you are really, really good at. And having a good oh, time, yeah. definitely. That's what I love. Exactly. I all, I think of everything. I've got, you know, the, the flights, the accommodation, even like down to like what music we're going to play in the room with the playlist to, you know, which restaurant we're going to, even what snack bar to go, like literally every, because I love it. That's what I love. Yeah, because you love having a good time. That actually makes total sense. <laughs> so let's move on to like the mum life stuff that everybody has to deal with. So we've got, you know, meal plan, dinner prep, admin, school, work. I mean, Sarah, you're managing a business as well. And Amanda, you're actually doing similar. So give us a bit of an overview on how that coordination looks, Sarah. Okay. So we do a meal plan at the start of every week. We don't vary much from that meal plan. Our, our dinners are pretty much the same every week just because I can't be bothered to think of anything new. But it is all planned out. And then my husband then does the grocery shopping on a Sunday. So we've got all the ingredients ready to go. We also batch cook. So we might have 10 meals of spaghetti bolognese in the freezer ready to go. So that that way on a day when the kids have an activity that might run late, this spaghetti bolognese is ready to just be put in the oven and just cooked and it's just easy. So I do plan for those hard days because otherwise it's just not going to happen. We're going to end up with takeaway because I don't have that mental capacity to come up with something at 5 o'clock, 5.30, 6 o'clock at night. Just not going to happen. So I am aware of that. So it is all planned. Most of our groceries are done. Sometimes I have to do an occasional shop on like the middle of the week to do a bit of a stock up or a refill and then it all runs fairly smoothly in terms of yeah dinner and meal prep okay so we got dinner meal prep what about like admin kids let's say one kid's sick stuff comes out of the box like how do you how do you handle that kind of stuff do you try and plan in advance you've got contingency plans or how does that work generally if one kid's sick to be fair, they don't get sick that often, so I am pretty lucky with that. But if one child is sick, generally I will have that de- the day off because I think it's just easier for me to have a day off. I can message the client and say, hey, this has happened. Can I swap it to another day? And it goes both ways with my clients too. Like they do the same with me. So we have that understanding that we can be flexible. Yeah, so it will be me having a day off if one child is sick. How's your mood? Do you take that well? Do you get stressed? Does it, do you then try and work at the same time? And then you're like, how, what's your mood like to handle the change? Yeah, I'm actually pretty fine with it because I'm like, I will probably work from home, obviously in a different capacity to being at a client's house. But I'm like, oh, I get an extra admin day. Oh, I can catch up with some, on some washing or I can do some extra tidying around the house while my child is just relaxing and resting like they should be. I just welcome it a little bit, to be honest, because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I get a bit of downtime. That sounds quite nice, actually, the way you describe <laughs> yeah, it. It's like yeah. <laughs> shaking her head on the video. She's like dying inside. When I get influenza or something again, I'm going to drive to Casarina and sit on Sarah's couch and she can just do admin calmly around me. on my couch. <laughs> 
<laughs> my day isn't always that calm, oh, I promise you. Oh, you just, it's honestly, I don't know. I think you should be a hypnotherapist. You've got such a calm voice. I'm like, that sounds lovely. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Amanda, how does this look for you with meal planning and coordinating? How does that go to your groceries? When do you do that? What's your kind of look on that? Oh, I don't even know where to start because that just sounds so normal and just peaceful and it's just not my life. You know, I have a calendar on the wall that's meant to be for meal prep and I haven't filled it in for like a month because I've just been just so, I feel busy. Like I just can't seem to get to that point where I'm planning my meals. I mean, I go to the shop and I wing it. So I go into the grocery shop and I go, what are we going to have? Let's have a look around. And then I just pick a few things out and then go buy the matching stuff. So it takes me a while because I'm like sort of coming back and forth to the different parts of the shop. And then I throw it all together and then hope I remember. And then like the takeaway shops here must just absolutely love ADHD people because if something, if any single thing is out of whack or a child is sick or anything happens that's not normal, takeaway. Like it's just, there is no backup. There is no frozen meal. There's just, even just to get the meal done in the first place is like a miracle. And yeah, takeaways are unfortunately a regular thing. And if one of my kids is sick, I'm not joking, I will inevitably be calling my husband on the phone crying because it has just completely annihilated any plan I had, any thought of downtime, any thought of peace and quiet my day's ruined and I'm like literally crying on the phone and saying how I can't handle my own life. (laughs) Like It's a mess compared to your beautiful story just then about all the normal things. Oh yeah. I cry in the office quite regularly. The other thing I remember as well, when I used to grocery shop unmedicated, I used to go there and then I'd come back and I'd be like really proud of myself. And my husband would look through the stuff and be like, you haven't got one complete meal here. Like everything is confused. You've got a little bit of everything You've got pasta sauce, but no pasta. You've got chicken, but no Mexican wraps. You've got like, what have you? What were you thinking when you bought all this stuff? And I'd be like, I don't know. Mm. So there's two things that have stopped me from doing that. And that is I overbuy, which is one thing. So I have 10 packets of pasta because just in case I've run out of the pasta, because I don't never want to have that devastating realization. And the second thing is, is I only shop at Woolworths and no other shops because I know where everything is and I just do laps and like, it's less likely that I'm going to miss things, even though I still do. Whereas if I went to Coles, I would end up with half meals of everything because I have no idea where anything is. And yeah, I just know I'll miss it. To be fair, when I did do grocery shopping, which I don't anymore because my husband thinks that I spend too much money when I go. <laughs> when I did do grocery shopping, I would have a complete list of everything that we need and sometimes I buy a little bit extra, which is maybe why I spend more than what he does. But I would have to have that complete list. Otherwise, I would I – don't, I don't know if I would forget. I might forget, but then there might – there would definitely be things that were missing. I might still have a whole meal or a few whole meals, but there would still be things that were missing – and I, I do need that list. And maybe it's because I really don't like grocery shopping and I don't want to go back there. Yeah, but, you, but you wrote the list, Sarah. You wrote it. I wrote the list. <laughs> I was going to say, Amanda, where was your list, mate? Well, like, this sounds easy. Just write a list. <laughs> where was the list, guys? It sounds so simple. Like, and this is why you berate yourself, I think. You know, you think like that doesn't sound hard, but it is hard. It's like your brain just doesn't 
quite work that way. And so that's why I've been berating myself, you know, most of my life. Like, why can't you do this? It's so simple. Like everyone else can body do it. What's wrong with me, you know? But also, Amanda, like we were talking about the other day, neurodivergent mum or dad often comes with neurodivergent children. So uh, like, for example, I was talking about my son, but there's only one of him to the other to three of us. But I can't imagine having, if my daughter was the same or if I was the same or if my husband was the same, I can't imagine having more than one. So it just adds, it's just layer upon layer with every family member that is like that. Oh, 100%. And, you know, my boys last night, I've got boys five and four and I've got a little girl as well. The boys are just mayhem, like they're complete mayhem. And I was trying to teach them for the millionth time when they take their clothes off, pop it in the basket, right? That's it. That should be simple, right? So what they do is they ball them up into balls and they throw them at each other like weapons, right? And then they put them into the bath to see how wet they can get and then they pick them up and throw them as wet missiles, right? I walked back in last night and I was like, has anyone put their clothes in the hamper? And they, I, they both threw their wet clothes, school uniform stuff, at me as I walked in. And I was like, this shit's not normal. Like I just was like oh thinking, we are not even close. We are not even close. We are so far away from that. And they looked at me like, why would we put them in the hamper? It's so much more fun to wet them and throw them at things. And I was thinking, yeah. this this like we're not even we're not even nowhere close to just picking up simple things. No, anyway, sorry. And they're probably encouraging each other too. Like they're probably like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas totally. I've got my son, if there was more than one of him, they would be absolutely doing the same. But my daughter is like, oh no, we can't do that. We need to follow the rules and she'll pull him into line. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's good. I love my boys. Of course, we all love our children, but they the amount of extra pressure. I'm not a natural boy mum. I don't understand them. I find them really difficult. I don't even buy birthday presents for my sons because I don't understand what to buy. I just feel like you just pick the worst shit that you don't want in your house and that's what they like. I don't get it. Like I send my husband (laughs) because I'm like, can you figure out what they like? And then he comes home with something that's just horrific looking. (laughs) And then I'm like, I don't want that in my house. And then the boys love it. I don't even get it. Anyway, the boy life I would love to yeah. explore another time. Okay, so we've done that one. Let's go to like operate into like computers. Let's say you're on your computers, you're doing your admin, you're doing your work. I think this is a really great way to look at the similarities and the differences. For example, you know, like let's go into how many tabs do you op- have open? How many tasks do you do at once? Do you have a list? Do you then go shopping and you start buying stuff like what are your movements on that? Let's start with you, Sarah. Amanda and I both laughed when you did that because we were actually on the phone. I said, how many tabs in the internet browser do you have open right now? And she said, oh, 400 and something. I'm like, what? How many emails do you have unopened, Amanda? 493 and I maxed out today at 500. I couldn't get past it. Apple doesn't allow more than 500 tabs. No, see, funny, funny with the emails. I remember having like, a crisis at one point. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And so now they're at zero all the time. I, I open and delete and unsubscribe because I was just like, but that's one thing, you know, like, but all my tabs are there because I'm like, I need to like research that plant and I need to like find that 
you know, certain brand of this. And yeah, that's why there's a billion tabs open. Also, is it like your brain? Is it like, I can't, like, what if your computer restart and you lost your 480 tabs or whatever you've got open? Like, what would happen? I mean, obviously, you cry and ring of Sarah, that's obvious. Oh, but look, to be honest, I can't remember what the 493 tabs are, to be honest. So I'm sure I'll be perfectly fine. But at the same time, it's almost like an info dump or not an info dump. It's almost like writing down at least four posts. It's like, don't forget that. Don't forget that. Don't forget, like, you know, yeah. It's, and it's all my interests basically in one. So do you have any list system at all, Amanda? Do you have any system for your life at all? Like, do you have, what are you, what are you using? The one thing I really got from being, I was a real estate agent and they actually taught me diary management, which I, at the time, like I was like, oh yeah, but it's actually taught me really good life skills. <laughs> so I do write lists and I prioritize and I know how to, if I want to micromanage a day into minutes, like I can do it, but yeah, it's like once I've had kids now, it's just. What do you use? Let's just name them because all the ADHDs love apps. Tell us what, what you use. A piece of paper. I'm not joking. I have Do you carry it around? And I just write my list each day. I'm old school. No, it's at home and then I'll, I'll screenshot it if I go out. How do you add to the list though, Amanda? I do use my notes in my phone, but I wouldn't because, see, I like that the piece of paper is in my face on the bench, so it'll be there all day with my list. And if I don't do the list, which is some days when, I, when nothing's super urgent, like just housework or something, and I just I rarely get much finished, I'll just start all of these things. It's only when I write it down and I prioritize it. Even if I write it down, it doesn't make a difference. I need to write one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'll actually get things completed that is the only way. I've never gone into apps and I do have notes in my phone, but they're just additional things. Okay. So let's say you sit down, you're like, oh, I've got an admin day. My days are at, my, my kids are at daycare or at school. I'm ready to go. Do you have your physical paper with you? Is that how you do it? And then you get on with your 480 tabs and then you just get started. Do you stay on your task or do you get, go down your 480 tabs? How does that work? Because I'm just trying to imagine if I had 480 tabs out, I'd be like crazy. My 400 and 93 tabs open are all my special interests. That's all they are. They're nothing. It might be like, I don't know, a cubby house for the kids or, you know, it's just research of things I really like. So that gets me distracted. It does. Like I can go down the rabbit hole really easily because I've got all these tabs. So if I go to look at one thing, like, oh, I've got to buy those shoes for this wedding or whatever, I'll go in there and I'll be like, oh, I remember that. Oh, yeah, what about that? And I'll just keep going through these tabs. So it's very distracting. And if I'm sitting down to do something for the day, I will write my list. But because I do paperwork for my husband's business, it is so boring. It is not my special interest. It gives me nothing except that it's flexible with my children. So I'm trying to sit down and focus at my desk. I usually get up about 15 times before I actually start because I'm like, I've got to get a cup of tea. I've got to turn on some music to distract me and keep my mind focused. I've got to put on my, you know, oil thing to make it smell nice in here I've got a you know I'm getting up constantly and then finally when I get into it I then will probably have a message come through and I get distracted <laughs> it is so full-on it is stop start and I have to put the phone away to have any chance but I can always open a tab on my laptop so you know it's it's really difficult to stay focused so can I make can I make a guess? Can I make a guess, Amanda, that if you have, let's say, four hours to do your paperwork, I would imagine you would go down your tab 
like rabbit hole, which to be honest, I think you should shut all of those. And I think we should do a poll on how much you should just shut your tabs because that is not a good idea. Let's Because you've got boring paperwork versus tabs <laughs> with special interest. You've got no hope, right? So I'm thinking, why don't you? So I would imagine you doing your tabs for a long period, right? And then doing your cups of tea, procrastinating because you don't want to do the paperwork and then going around and around, right? In this circle, feeling very productive, but actually texting people and scrolling and doing all kinds of things. Then you've got an hour before pickup. And I would imagine that you would then switch on. It's become dire. Now I need to do the paperwork. And then you flog yourself and then, then you run late to pick up your kids. That's just my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I was like listening to you like, I know where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that was a lovely story, Amanda. That was a blast into my life also. I was like, I hear you. Sarah, how does that go for you? So I guess I sort of start out with a similar intention to Amanda. Like, uh, to be fair, I only write my lists on my admin day. So I schedule in one admin day a week. The other four days, I'm at clients' houses. So the other four days, I don't have a list. I'm just sort of in autopilot, morning routine, work, afternoon, dinner. I don't try and add anything else extra to that. But my admin day, I try and cram in as much as I can. So those days I will brain dump and have a list of everything on my brain that I need to get done, but I don't need to write numbers next to them in the way that Amanda does. I can just say, oh, okay, it's book week tomorrow and I haven't got a hat for this child. That's a priority. I need to do that first. Or I don't know. I'm sort of able to look at it and go, that's what I need to do first. That's what can wait. Or that's what I really want to do because I enjoy doing it. So I'm going to do that first and the others can wait. I can sort of prioritize it and get... I never get it all ticked off because I do put everything that I'm thinking of on that list, but I get most of it ticked off most of the time. And I am able to focus in the sense that like Amanda was saying, she'll sit down and then get up and do this and rah, 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 rah. Whereas I will do the things first, like, okay, I've got to put on a load of washing. I'll do that first. And that washing can go while I do some admin. Oh, I'm hungry. I'll get that first. And then I'll sit down and do some admin and eat while I'm doing it. So it's not that constant stop, start, stop, start. Obviously, I still have to have breaks and I do, you know, we're only human. I do need to still get up and move around. But I guess it's not to the same extent and it's not sort of detracting from what I need to achieve in the day. Okay. So it sounds a lot easier for you to prioritize. So if you're looking at a list of things, you're like, yeah, okay. Do you know, do you feel a sense of like overwhelm or like stress or do you think, okay, I'm just going to systematically knock this list off? I can easily get overwhelmed and stressed with my to-do list. And I actually started writing them just so I could show my husband, this is what I do on my admin days. Like, look at all this shit that I need to get done. But I sort of have moved on a bit from there. I try not to let it overwhelm me or stress me. And I go, well, I do whatever I can do. And as long as I've got the important things done, that's just going to have to be okay. And that list, I'll then just flick it to the next admin day. Because mm. then you're able to prioritize. So then I would imagine if you then have a sick child, mm. that's it's kind of a bit more manageable because you've prioritized the right tasks at the right time before that. So it would be pretty rare that things Generally, would be. Generally, look, it's yeah. not perfect. Yeah. Oh, look, no, nothing's ever perfect. But I think when you have a run of days where you haven't prioritized properly, then it's easier to hit because you're already near chaos, right? You only need one more thing to happen. Whereas if you prioritize the right things at the right time, you do have a little bit of a buffer. It kind of like money, you know, if you if you're prioritizing, you know, rent and electricity and everything first, then you know you're going to be okay. 
and the other things can wait, like, you know, your shoes for your wedding. Whereas if you buy all your shoes for the wedding first and all of the your makeup and everything else you need, then you may not have enough money for rent and electricity later, which then means you don't have a house over your head. So there's less buffer. What about in terms of you on your computer, tabs, you know, getting distracted? Like, you know, do you do you just go down a rabbit hole at times or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, there can be times where I go down rabbit holes and I'll start, I'll open Instagram and I go, I'm researching for my business. I'm just trying to get ideas. And really, I'm just doing it because it's, I just like looking it's at your it. passion. I yeah, okay. I guess everyone does that. Yeah. But when I was on the phone to Amanda, we were comparing how many tabs and I said, I have five and I'm closing them all right now because I'm like, if I haven't done that, none of it was urgent. I'm like, if I haven't done that or if I haven't bought that, I'm closing it right now because that's wiping that mental load clear for me. And if it's really important, I'm going to remember it and I'm going to think about it again anyway. Same with emails, unsubscribe, delete as soon as I can. My inbox is zero as often as possible. You know what's really interesting is we were supposed to be contrasting a neurotypical person or mum and a ADHD mum. But you know what? I actually am starting to identify a lot more with Sarah since taking medication. I 100% have a history with like with what you say, Amanda. I'm like having a laugh because I'm like that. That is like really there is a lot of years of that, and I fully identify with it. But actually, when you talk about your life, Sarah, and some of the things that you do, it's interesting. Now I'm regularly taking medication. I can actually do that. Like for example, we never used to have any food. And I used to go and buy a mishmash of just random crap somewhere through the week. It made no sense what we had. We had no complete meals, yet we would spend a lot of money and then not really have anything. Whereas we actually have a system. It's like, yeah, I've actually started to get ahead of it as opposed to just reactive to chaos. This morning I thought was a real breakthrough for me. I ran out of, I have had a bit of a battle with acne in the past And it's been great now because I went and saw someone and I've got this stuff and it's all beautiful. But I'm so I'm pretty pedantic with replacing it because I do know if I don't, I'll break out. So I was running to the end of it and I actually, instead of just going texting the lady going, can you send me some more of this? I actually went, I'm just going to check what else I need. And I went to a designated spot where I had all of my makeup refills and I had a look and I was like, hmm, I probably need some more of this. I created a little list. This only took me like a minute or two. And I sent it to her and I thought, holy moly, this is a new Jane. Because I distinctly remember before medication, they, she makes me a special foundation as well, which is a whole, this acne thing. Anyway, it's actually, if, before people start messaging me, it's called Dermavigils. I don't sell it. It's not, a, I, just, I just like it. Anyway, so she sends me this special blend. But before I was medicated right before, I ordered six foundations, six. This is a true story. My BFF listens to this podcast. She can verify this. Six. The reason I ordered six was because I sent it to five different addresses, right? Completely incorrectly. Then I had mail redirects on some of them and they all went to a weird post office that made no sense. And I didn't have any foundation for like three weeks, which if you're a mum, you get like, sometimes you just really need a little bit of light foundation. And she had, and then she ended up messaging me saying, "Are you okay?" Like as if I had a brain injury, because each each foundation's like I don't remember how much. It's like at least fifty bucks, right? So you order six of those. I'm terrible at maths. That's like three hundred dollars, isn't it? I ordered three hundred dollars in foundations, but I didn't have any at my house. So if you 
if you look at that example and then you look at me actually getting some alcohol, wipe, whatever it was, creating a list and texting it calmly to the person and then she sent me the invoice via text and I paid it, holy shit. And I looked at that and thought, I think that I am in a new life for Jane. So I just wanted to kind of highlight because this has been really interesting reflecting on before medication Jane and medicated Jane because some of those things that you've been doing, Sarah, I've actually found myself starting to break up the steps down and start to get ahead of it, which I don't mean to, you know, upset you, but it is a different way of living. It really is. And it's a lot calmer. The other thing that I think is really, we, we should finish up because I try not to go over an hour, but I did want to just highlight one other thing that I think we really should talk about. And I know I haven't mentioned this before in our little chat before, but is impulsivity. So for example, before I was medicated, I was that person that would go and find another problem to deal with before I dealt with my real problems. So let's say, for example, my problems might be my life, you know, just generally chaos, overwhelm, not being able to get places on time, never having anything that I need, like just chaos, just pure chaos, right? Can't even tell you what the chaos was, just complete chaos. Instead of systematically chopping off those problems and creating things that would make my life better, I would then go with my husband and we would try and buy an investment property. Now, this doesn't make any sense, right? We don't, and these aren't financial, like these aren't good financial decisions either. I want to highlight this is not like wealthy woman Jane buys her 50th investment property. This is like, you don't have the money for this. You do not have financial, you do not have finance approval. This house is not going to go up in value. This is a bad decision. So I'm not talking about this is, is a positive. This is a negative thing that I would do. I would go and find a house to buy which would distract me completely from all the problems that I have. And it would add a huge amount of chaos. I'll put an, an offer in on a house that we couldn't afford and didn't need and wasn't a good idea. I would then attempt to get finance. We'd have to get tax returns. And I would go and create a huge distraction on the side that makes no sense. And then I would still not deal with my problems. Whereas now medicated I have not bought or sold or attempted to do anything and we've not paid stamp duty and lost money on property in the last six months, which is a miracle. I was just wondering if we go to you first, Amanda, do you have, do you, are you know, you know what I'm referring to, like that dopamine seeking, like you'll go and do something else, which is adds chaos instead of dealing with your own problem. Does that make sense to you? It does make sense. For me, it was more like I'm sure if this is worthy of putting in the podcast, but I think I put down a lot of my chaos to external factors and not what was happening in my life. So I was I was pretty good like went before having children. I could kind of like manage because I had so much time to myself. I could like make all these allowances, not realizing that I ha- it was harder for me than others. I just didn't realize. Once I had my first child, that's when the anxiety levels went up. I'd never had anxiety in my whole life. I didn't know what it was. I was like, what is going on? Had anxiety. And then, you know, we just started doing all these things. Like we did, we were always renovating, always renovating. Chris was pulling his hair out like my husband. And, you know, I'm like, yep, this one next. This is what we're doing. This This is what we're doing. We're always doing something. Then we were going through IVF too with our children as well. So that took a lot of my focus. And then when we we decided to buy a house and upgrade because I knew we, that we wanted to do that. We upgrade, like we bought a block of land. We moved into this crappy little house and I kept blaming, like we're living in this crap house. We're trying to build at the same time. We own a business. This is why I'm chaotic. Like 
it's all of these other things. It is not me or I'm not coping because of, you know, this big long list of stuff that's going on. And then we had our second child in the rental. This kept going on and then we the, the build got delayed and it was just the most horrible time and I kept blaming all of these things. Now that we're in our home, we've been in there a year, I've got my two beautiful children, I can't blame it on anything else. I've got, you know, it's, and that's when I looked at myself and went, it's me. <laughs> this is the problem. You know, I, it, but I did, I distracted myself and we bought an investment property in the middle of that. And I built a granny flat. I own a build a granny flat on the, that property. So I keep my life so busy and, but you can easily blame it for your problems. And now that we're a little bit calmer, I'm like, my, why am I still so like stressed and why is my life still so hectic? ADHD (laughs) but it's only been through medication that I have actually had the self-insight to realize that because I thought that's just what people did that's Mm. the part anyway sorry Sarah Mm. let's swing to you do you find that you go and make decisions brashly do you ever have you know impulsivity do you create chaos you know for fun that sounds creepy but that's what people do no I I definitely do not create chaos for fun. (laughs) I would avoid chaos at all costs. And I think that's come with a little bit of more experience with motherhood, being a bit more mature maybe. I'm very intentional with what I can bring into my life. I don't overfill my kids' after-school schedules, for for example. I'm like, this is all we can do and we need to have a couple of afternoons off. That's all I'm fitting in. Like you prioritise and that's it. And I know that if I'm not... If I'm feeling overwhelmed with anything else in my life, I'm not bringing anything else in that I can handle. And even if my husband comes to me and says, hey, let's do this or let's do this, I'm like, no, I can't handle that right now. And I can easily just shut it down and just be like, this is my max and that's it. And I'm not going to add anything else to it. So I guess I don't have that impulsivity. But I think that also comes down to what I'm trying to preach with my business. Like I'm trying to empower women to live more minimalistic and cut back on things in their lives so that they do have more mental space. So maybe I also feel that pressure to live what I'm preaching and be very intentional and show how that's impacting my life so that I can then help other women to do the same. Yeah. And I think it's that impatience too, which is a really strong ADHD trait. So for example, a lot of ADHDs have an idea or a solution that comes into their brain like spontaneously, like out of nowhere. And then they just need to action it right now, even though it's probably not the right time. For example, renovating a bathroom. Oh, I saw this bathroom sink on sale. I'm going to buy that. Now I'm going to start renovating. You know, I don't have any other bathroom. I have no plans for how that's going to work. I am now showering outside using a hose. (laughs) And because there's no plumbers available and I've already ripped it out. You know, that's an ADHD thing. Whereas Sarah, I can't imagine you doing that, I could imagine you more being like, well, this is not the right time to start renovating. We are going to wait for the right time. We'll book it all properly. We'll have a contingency plan for showers. Is that correct, Sarah? Because that's the vibe I'm getting from you. Yeah, correct. (laughs) Okay, great. We definitely definitely would. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. (laughs) It helps that she's married someone very similar to her where he's very he does. Like organized and he, he, he thinks about things for a long time, doesn't he? he he's not, there's no way Mark's impulsive. Oh, sorry, your husband's impulsive. Yeah, he does. He is strategic, especially like you, you brought the example up of building, like he's a, he's a builder. So he is very strategic and very mindful of things. He does have a few 
maybe HD traits, I guess, but that could just be just a few little similarities there. But yeah, we are similar in the sense that we sit on things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the probably, that's the key difference to finish up with actually. I appreciate you saying that because some people do have ADHD traits. And I know this is a very controversial, like some people have very strong beliefs that you, you know, that like, for example, if you talk about the spectrum, a lot of people have very strong beliefs that, you know, when someone says everyone has autistic traits, well, that's actually can be very offensive to people that do have autism or autistic kids. But I do think there are some ADHD traits, for example, you, you know, that just come from having a very stressed life, being a mum, being tired, having too much to do, not enough time, financial pressures. There has never been a more stressful time. I mean, I don't know if to be a woman at the moment, the pressure from society to have the house, have the kids, have be, look perfect, work out, have a great body, have a great husband, have a great relationship, have the perfect, you know, everything. There's so much pressure. And I think, you know, obviously people do have bad days, but I suppose the, how often they have the bad days, which you highlighted, highlighted earlier, Amanda, you know, that Sarah might have some bad days and that's normal. But if you're on a run of bad days every day and you're unable to get ahead of it, you're unable to put the visual calendar together to write the shopping list, you're never ahead, you're always behind, it gets to a point where that's probably become something that you might want to look for with ADHD because that's a very ADHD trait. And that's when it starts to impact your life. So when we talk about some traits, when it starts to heavily impact your life, then that's probably more of an ADHD thing, you know, whereas, of course, some people run late, they have a bad day, you forget your car keys, you forget the princess day, sometimes that happens. But you probably want to look at how often, I suppose, is the message. Yeah, because I always see those videos on, you know, Instagram and TikTok, and they, you know, they're joking about these things happening. But, and that's why I thought everyone was going through this. But I'm like, surely everyone's not feeling the way I do. Like, surely they don't feel this much chaos and out of control and upset as I do every single day. Because otherwise, we'd all be a mess. Like, surely not. And it's Mm. because it's not. It's funny on TikTok, because that was one day in your month, Sarah. But that's my every day. Like, you know, that's how I feel about it. And it's, um, it is still funny to watch those videos. But it's not funny when it's your reality every day. Yeah. I guess you laugh because it's relatable. You're like, yes, that's me. And then you laugh because yeah, that's, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But there's some real beauty to ADHD as well, you know, in terms of like Amanda, you know, you booking that holiday and the creative aspect and the excitement and the fun. Like there's some real positives there too. You know, my bestie, sometimes I think she struggles to let loose. Whereas, you know, I'm like, let's pop some fucking champagne. It's 10.30 in the morning. Haven't seen you for ages. You know, let's get, and she's like, how are we going to get home? What food will we eat? I don't have lunch organized. And I'm like, sit down. We're going for it. Put the music on. So I sound like your friend and oh, Amanda sounds like you. Yeah. You so <laughs> remind me of my friend. And I'm like, it's beautiful. Like it's that beautiful blend. And, you know, I love it because my bestie often, you know, will say to me, okay, so I've just got my new calendar organized and, you know, I've just put in all of my birthdays. When are your kids' birthdays? And I'll input them now. And I'm like, what? So, you know, that that difference is beauty too. And I, I just love it. So thanks so much, ladies. You have just been so much fun. Do you have any key messages or anything to take away that I've not, that I've not covered? 
No, I think I'm hoping that we got across the, the disparity between our lives and yeah, I'm, I'm so glad we could share it because it was a lot of fun. I think I do want to add that uh, I don't know if I came across as, oh, I'm always calm and I always have my things together and it's always beautiful because yes, like I can have days like that and I have made it easier over time, but I do want to recognize, recognize that mum life is hard and can be hard and everybody has their challenging days. And I also want to recognize that having neurodiversity in your family adds another layer on top of that. Yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. Because it's hard to know because it's like if Amanda had your perfect angel child, your daughter, which I really, if she disappears, you know, she's up at my house <laughs> and I'll swap out for one of my boys. <laughs> but it does depend on you know, what kind of children you have too, you know, and, and where they are at and what's happening with them that day. And yeah, mum life is hard on everybody. I think that's a really great message. But look, if you are unsure, I think getting an assessment is always a great idea. And perhaps if you don't have ADHD and you are stressed, maybe, you know, communication with your husband or asking for more help or getting more resources in is something that you need to do. Because I think we can all live a better life regardless, ADHD or not. But look, thank you so much, ladies. And I just wanted to give a quick shout out. I am looking for reviews. If anybody can jump on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and give me a review, I would really appreciate it. Send me a message. I love feedback. I'm always keen for a chat, as is pretty obvious in this podcast. So thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.